All right, everyone, welcome to another episode of Behind the Studs. That was a little meatloaf bringing us in. That's right. May you rest in peace, sir. All right, so I got to tell you a real quick story. And and thanks for the music. Thank you. Thank you very much. You got a story? Yeah, I got a story. Okay, what's your story? So when Trouble Tribe was out, we first started out, um, we got brought up to um, go out with Meatloaf on a a month tour. Nice. Because it was just before his second album. Yep. Um, So we got to go out. And um, I had met Meatloaf the year before because he came to the Palladium when I was working at the club. And we, <clears throat> excuse me, we chatted a little bit and everything. So now do you call him Meat? Yeah. You yeah. Call him meat. Call him meat. Yeah. Okay. He called him Meat. Got yeah. So we got to this. We're playing at the University of Pennsylvania. Yep. And it was our first show with him. And I was so excited to see him because I was going to see if he rem- remembered me. Yeah. Right. And they're already there. We, we show up. Of course, we're the supporting act. So we're going to do the sound check right. first. So I walked over to him. He was on stage because we were getting ready to go on. I said, hey, remember me at the plate? He goes, yeah. He goes, Jimmy. I was like, yeah. Wow. So he remembered me. <laughs> yeah. So we started talking a little bit. This, that, the other thing. Um, and. we I didn't know this, but I mean, we're the supporting act and the show starts at seven o'clock. Mm. Right. So we look out through the curtains at 27. There's nobody there. Ugh. There's like 300 people. Right. And it's like a 7000 seater. Yeah. So five minutes to seven. The stage manager comes out. He says, okay, let's go to the stage, guys. So walking behind the fire curtain to go on the other side to mm-hmm. get on the stage. The lights go down and the place erupted. It was it was packed. Wow. It was packed. That's awesome. So I'm like, okay, time to time to do my work. Yeah. And we were rocking the show into the second song. I look over to my left and there's meat watching the show. No kidding. Yeah, he's wow. watching it and he's smiling. Nice. So we did the show. And then I got word. Later on, he's gonna he goes, he's gonna call you out. Oh, so I said, okay, fine. Um, and he did the show, and then he said, my buddy Jimmy, and he called me out on stage with him. And nice. we, did, we did Johnny Be Good. Oh yeah. wow, cool. You know, yeah, we did it. And it was freaking, it was awesome. It went by so fast, and I was yeah. just like, well. And just from that on, for that rest of that month, I just watched this guy give it 150% every night. Really? Yeah. I mean. He'd just get into his space. I could hear him warming up, you know, in the dressing room because we were down the hall. Yeah. And uh, he'd go out there and he was just like, man, he just he blew the doors off of everything every night. Wow. It was so consistent. You didn't know if he was tired, if he was sick. He'd really? Be, you'd never know. Wow. Dude, he, it was just great amazing. voice, too. Yeah. And it was yeah. such a great performance. That's exactly what I love when I when I watch a live show. Yeah. Guys who just give gave it all, you know? Yeah. Sadly missed. Shocked yeah, to me. Yeah. Yeah. But what a great memory I had with him. Man. Oh, it was, it was awesome. It was awesome. And why did you stop touring with him? It was only for a month. It was, oh, it was, was contractual. Okay. Gotcha. It was just contractual. We're doing that because he's getting ready to do a second album. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so he was just like doing stuff to keep keep the chops up yeah great band stuff like that and met all the guys in the band and the singers and stuff it was awesome it's a great time being on the road i bet they're like family yeah yeah, awesome. yeah yeah that's awesome yeah. well it's good yeah you'll be missed you'll be missed yes so our producers come up with a little thing for us to do on a monthly basis okay what's this now? so what we're gonna do is um we're gonna do a reddit special yeah we do like that. once reddit. a month reddit reddit so it's yep. r-e-d-d-i-t for anybody that doesn't know um, it's basically a website for like forums and, and things like discussion groups. And there's one for uh, home remodeling where people ask a lot of questions. So we're going to answer, you know, some of the most recent questions that are out there and also encourage everybody to go onto Reddit and then search for behind the studs. And, uh, we have a forum that's up and running now. And if there's any questions you guys have for us, uh, you can also talk about the show, how much you love it, how much you hate it, whatever. 
Awesome. Yeah. You can just do whatever you want. So we highly encourage you to share that with your friends and family. And the ones you care about. And the ones you care about. So here's one. Uh, We'll get started with this one. It says, hello, I'm in the process of meeting with potential GCs to do a remodel of my kitchen. This will include tearing down walls and relocating plumbing and electrical. Yesterday, I met with a GC who said that while we technically have to pull permits, we could also decide not to and save ourselves about $3,000. I saw this as a huge red flag. Would I be smart to avoid this GC? Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Run from this guy, lose run, his number. Run, 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 oh run, my run. God, that's that's going to be. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. 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 That can come back and bite you huge. And so many problems with that. Right. right there, there. And let's, and, you know, I don't know. Um, it doesn't say from where this person is, um, but I know here in the city of Connecticut that we do have the uh, Connecticut Home Improvement Act. Um, and we have a bunch of other things too. things for Department of Consumer Protection. And what we do is we, we, all with our license every year renewal a portion of it goes into a general fund and if you have a contract with a with a gc and there's a permit pulled if anything goes wrong you can contact the department of consumer protection and they will give you money to go ahead and uh, fix it now it's usually up to about fifteen thousand dollars so but still at least you're not completely out so but if you don't have any permits pulled then it really isn't you know, a job that, you know, is, is sanctioned really at that point. So I can't tell you how many times people will go out and they will not pull a permit and they fix the house up. Mm-hmm. They'll add a bedroom where they're not supposed to, where they do something crazy and it comes time to sell their house. And they're like, well, what's this? And depending on the building inspector in the town, they can make it just tear it all out. Oh, absolutely. Start all over again. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, and you get fined on top of it. Yep. You know, and you still have to pay the permit fee. And, oh yeah, pay the <laughs> so permit the, fee. that fee you're trying to save uh, for three grand it's just uh, not worth it yeah you're still gonna pay it yeah so and do it right plus for insurance reasons absolutely so what that's another if, big one yeah what happens if your gc is working on the building and all of a sudden the fire starts mm-hmm. <clears throat> why did the fire start was it oh i was working on the house and blah 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 besides insurance getting covered mm-hmm. or something else goes wrong if the if if nobody knows about it, then all of a sudden it's a shock to everybody. Somebody's to blame, you know? Right, right. Yeah. And they're not going to cover it if it wasn't inspected. That's right. So definitely yeah. run from this individual. Yeah. Cause they can also do something really shoddy and just wrong and just out. And then you're, then you're holding your hand on your ass because you can't, you can't do anything. You, you got no paper. There's no paper right. trail. Right. Yeah. You're dead. Yeah. Don't do it. <clears throat> Don't do it. So. Um, we have another one here that says, what's the best time of year to caulk gaps and trim and casing? Um, I believe this is for indoor and outdoor. Um, you know, they're talking about the higher humidity and, you know, the cold temperatures, expansion and contrast. Um, this person is actually from uh, Canada. Um, so basically, spring. yeah. Spring. Yeah. Spring is the best time. Spring is the best time. I don't think, it, depending on where they are in Canada, I don't think they're going to get really, really hot summers. Right. But there's two there's two caulkings that are out there right now that I know of. I'm sure there's other ones. <clears throat> One of the best caulkings you can get is from Sean Williams, and it's called Max Flex. It's a green, okay. it's a green tube. Um, you can't listen, I'm we're not endorsed by them. I'm mm-hmm. just telling you the truth because I've been using because I'm a painter and everything and a contractor for so many years. <clears throat> this stuff, um, it has the elasticity in it. So if you expand and contract, it stays together. It doesn't pull apart. It won't rip. 
Um, if you prep it correctly, it's, it's really, really, really good. There's another one that's called out there and it says right on it, stretch. Big that's stretch. Been, that big yep, stretch. Big that's stretch. been around for a while. Yeah. You can get it at the box stores and stuff. It's, it's, it's readily available. And yeah. It's about $7, I think, a, a tube. Right. So it's a little bit more expensive than your, your basic painter's clock, but. Right. The, the longevity of the max flex goes longer than the big stretch. Does it? Yeah. Okay. I have to say. The big stretch is a little bit more, um, I want to say, grinnier or more puttier mm -hmm. when you put it on, where the Max Flex almost feels like regular caulking. Yeah. But the chemicals that they have in that are a little bit different. And um, that's like, I guarantee it. You know what I mean? Yep. Even though we're not endorsed by it, I think it's, it's, the, it's the best stuff you can get. And yeah. it's cheaper than when you go to the hardware store and you buy all the other ones that are eight, nine dollars. This is like four bucks, I think. Wow. Top. Really? Yeah. That, that's Sherwin Williams. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's if you can get it now because of COVID. Yeah. Try it's to out find, there, though. Trying to find paint, too. Yeah. We were doing, uh, we're, we're painting the uh, uh, the living room right now. And so I went out, got the big stretch and did all the crown molding and stuff like that. And yeah, we're trying to get paint samples and stuff. You cannot get at, a, at, at Lowe's. That's where we ended up going. You could not get paint samples for anything that was a dark color because they don't have the base anymore. They can't get it. And that's the big Caught. thing now is dark color. Yeah. Nope. Couldn't get it. So luckily we were looking at, you know, light grays and, and that sort of thing. But yeah. And they didn't even have much of that either. We actually went there and we tried to get uh, just a small can of black paint. They were able to find one more can of the base so that they could mix a black for us. And I was like, wow. You know, and Lowe's does a huge business with Sherwin Williams. So you would think that they would have a lot of the product. I mean, I know it's not the exact same product as what's in the Sherwin Williams right, store, right? But you would think, you know, with that buying power and stuff. But I guess with the with some of the the uh, the resins and the colors, yeah, yeah, yeah. And with you know the factories closed down and you know understaffed and everything else, they just can't produce mm -hmm. it fast enough, right? Yeah, from what they've you know from what somebody was telling me when I was there that you know, all of those you know, wildfires and, you know, the, uh, the tornadoes and stuff, a lot of the products just gone right there because the people are trying to rebuild, you know, thousands of houses. And oh stuff. yeah. Yeah. So, right. FEMA. Which is, yeah. Which I FEMA. think is what else happened with a lot of like meters for electrical and stuff like that, that they oh, can't get a hold of. Right okay. Now. It's all going there, you know, oh. which makes sense. You know, they, they don't have a house, so they, <laughs> they kind of need a house. So they need, yeah. you know, they need some of that stuff probably more than we do. So, yeah. but yeah, so. There you go. Spring. What Spring is the answer. What do you got? Um, somebody else was asking how hard it was to install a dishwasher where there isn't one yet. Um, so they have a house. Uh, they've been there for about two years. They're real sick and tired of not having a dishwasher. Uh, they know they're going to need electrical and plumbing, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, but they know that they're going to have to also probably remove some cabinets. And they're asking, is that even possible? And I don't want to turn this into a full remodel. Yes. So possible. it's it's possible, but you got to get lucky too. You know, you've got, you need 24 inches next to the sink on one side or the other. Pretty much is what you're looking for. Mm -hmm. So if you have a 24 inch cabinet, that's right next to your sink cabinet, you can just pop that out and pop in the dishwasher. That would be nice and easy. A uh, couple of things to watch. One is whether or not the flooring went all the way through, or if they just ran it up to the, to the uh, cabinet base. Uh, you may have to add a little bit of flooring for what you might see um, underneath uh, the, mm. you know, and the other thing is, is that, you know, you got to look at your kitchen countertop too and make sure, you know, it stretches across that cabinet that you're going to remove to put in your dishwasher so that you have a you know, countertop over the top of it. So 
Mm. Like have that know. inch and a quarter or the inch and yeah. a half. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. So it can be done. Um, it's kind of one of those things that, you know, you probably just want to hire a contractor just to come on out and take a look at it. And yeah. You're going to need a contractor, electrician yeah. and a plumber. Yep. Yeah, you're going to need all three of those. Yeah. So have them all come out and give you a price. Um, yeah. And like I said, you know, Jimmy said too, it's doable. It's just a lot of things have to just line up perfectly for you too. So, and if you're not too picky on a dishwasher, you can get, you can grab one, you can get one, <laughs> right. just get one. Yeah. Get a cheap one for now. Right. And then you, as this all gets, this madness gets over, then you can go get something. Still absolutely really crazy. Good. I mean, Bosch is just, <clears throat> you can't even get, can't Bosch. get them. Can't get them. You're going to spend anywhere between 300 and 500 bucks. Yeah. I mean, 300 on the real low end. Sure. But more like five, 550 for a, for a dishwasher. Now. Yeah. That's if you can get one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This one's coming to you. I have a couple of thoughts, but I think this one's more you. Uh, insulate crawl space question mark. I'm in California and have a house from the 1940s with an uninsulated crawl space, force hot air, central AC system. Should I insulate between the floor joists to help reduce summer cooling costs? Seems like it should help, but I'm cautious about creating moisture problems. And if so, should I use unfaced insulation? Yes. Unfaced insulation. If you want to do that. Also you want to do, cause I'm doing this right now. Yeah. It's definitely unfaced insulation. Um, you can hire a company to come in if, if you don't, that crawl space that you have, depending how big it is and how small it is, depending what you're doing upstairs, if you're going to do any remodeling first, whether it be like the crawl space is over your kitchen or if it's over your dining room or living room. Mm -hmm. And if you decide that you, you know, you're going to add more plugs or wires or TVs or plumbing or whatever it is, do it now before you do the crawl space. Right. Uh, reason being, cause there's two things you can do. You can either do correctly though they could do the unfaced insulation and lay down uh is it three mil plastic the thick plastic so um, six mil six mil yeah thanks. four to six is that's usually is safe and you lay that's the vapor barrier right there mm -hmm. you lay that down on the ground um you could also dress it up on the stone walls on the inside if you wanted to mm -hmm. uh and then there's the other route you can go is you can hire a company that comes in and they will spray foam it and they can spray foam <clears> that area they'll clean that whole area out for you and then they'll go in there and they'll spray foam it and you'll have no problems with mold. You'll have nothing. You won't have rodents. They don't eat it. They can't eat it. It gets very hard. Um, it's like you got to drill through it. If you got to put a cord or a cable through it um, and that can be, that's just cumbersome to the, to the contractor, not to the homeowner. Right. But there, that's your final and perfect solution with that, um, with the foam insulation. Mm -hmm. It's very safe. There's no carcinogens in it now like there was before. But they'll um, still make you leave the house for 24 hours. Yeah. yeah. So um, that's the ultimate best. But yes, to your question. Yeah. What do you know about uh, order heaters? I know a little. So we, we found a question from somebody that said they've had the, the water heater for seven years. They've done zero maintenance. And they wonder if they should do something. All right. So here's the first question. Do you have city water or do you have well water? If you have well water, um, you should pretty much know what your water is doing. Mm -hmm. If it's calcified, meaning if it's got a lot of, if it's hard, if it's hard water because of the minerals that you have in it, um, that has been eating away your hot water heater. Uh, eventually it will, and it'll, it'll burn it out. Mm -hmm. What you can do, which is always recommended every year, um, I'm not so much if it's city water, but 
you should drain your hot water heater once a year, mm-hmm. uh, depending how bad your water is. If you have well water, you should, first of all, have your water tested to make sure to find out what if it's hard, soft, the pH all plays a part in all your piping and your plumbing, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. Your hot water heater, seven years, seem to have no problems. That's absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Um, if you've got city water, you should still be in the clear. What you're doing is once a year, you unplug your heater, you hit the breaker, shut it off. And um, there is a valve on the bottom. You put a garden hose to it and you can pump it out to your sub pump or out, out your out your Bilco door, whatever you want to do and get rid of the water. Um, and then you're washing all the rust out from the bottom of the, of the pan. And then uh, you can refill it up again, get the water in there, then plug it back in and uh, you should be fine. Clean it once a year. Nice. So every year, drain it. Yeah. All right, cool. So somebody's asking a question about a whole house humidifier. Uh, I'm guessing they're from the South because it starts off with, hi, y'all. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure that's That's definitely a South thing. (laughs) Now that proper winter temps are here, I'm finding that my house has really low humidity levels. Right now, we hover around 20%. Does anyone have experience with adding a house humidifier? Has it been worth it? And thanks for any help. So I like the April air humidifier. Yeah. So if you've got if you've got forced hot air, you can buy the April air uh, humidifier and set it so that it does produce moisture. You know when the when the cycle is running and the heat is going. Um, I'm not really sure if you have you know oil heat what you can use for the whole house to be a humidifier. I mean, can't. Yeah, I can't think of anything that is out there you have to just get portable ones right you have to be portable ones yep and And use distilled water yeah keep filling them with water yeah and then you got to clean those too and well distilled water is different so i mean you don't have all the enzyme you don't have all the minerals in it so it won't calcify and it should be fine but still yeah she has four four it doesn't say it doesn't say so i'm not really sure what kind of heat they have um but that would be, you know, if it is if it is four side air, you're in good you're in good shape because you can get the April air mm. humidifier and that works really really well. Never had any issues with it. April air. <laughs> we got to work on some jingles. Yeah, while you're I'm just gonna work on jingles. All right, that's fine. Or I could do it like <laughs> April air. I like the first one better. I do too. Okay, All right. Let's go with that one. Go. All right. Um, this is this is a good question. I like this question. Would you remove a half bath for upstairs laundry room? My wife and I are debating on removing an upstairs half bath in favor of converting the room to upstairs laundry. This would leave us just the one full bath upstairs. In the basement of the home, we installed a brand new full bath. Would this be a bad trade-off and negatively impact our home's resale value? Another option we have is to expand the upstairs half bathroom area to accommodate a toilet, sink, and laundry all in the same room. That may look a bit odd and cost significantly more. Just to know this is for a fifteen hundred square foot ranch. What do you think? I did that. I got a stackable. Yeah. I liked it. Yeah. Didn't bother me. I was just in a bathroom today that they wanted to do a full remodel on it and it's a washer dryer, vanity, toilet, all in the same room. And it works. So you saw what I did. You saw me. I renovated my bathroom. Yep. And we did to put it in there. It didn't bother me at all. I thought it was fine. Yeah. I say, you know. Try not to remove bathrooms if you don't need to. If you yeah. have another option, I would go with that option. Expand the footprint and do everything all in one. I would do that because then, boom, that's a great resale value. Yep, I think and it's a better they, resale. And if the new homeowners walk in, they go, 
I don't need the washer and dryer upstairs. They can take it out and yeah. they got that more space in the bathroom. Then they could probably even add a, a, a tub or something or a shower at that point. Well, I'm out saying, a well, we put a tub shower that's already in there with the toilet and, oh, okay. and yep. add the washer. Oh, dryer. all right. Yeah, they have that. Um, yeah, if they can do everything like that, that's awesome. And you know what they say in that in Massachusetts? <laughs> I don't know. That's a winner, winner, chicken dinner. <laughs> Right. <laughs> All right. You're on a roll today. There you, you go. Yeah. Pin it. <laughs> Read it. All right. Two more. Yeah. White quartz countertops are awful. Help. We just bought a home and the counters get marked from everything. No kidding. The little feet on the bottoms of appliances by food scale, my coffee maker, all mark the counters. I tried putting those items in a tray on the counter. The non white plastic trays left marks. Oh, this poor person. Yeah, I'm sure the white trays are leaving marks on the dark accents on the counter. Of course, cleaners are severely limited with quartz, too. From what I understand, these are really robust countertops and the marks are pretty much all superficial and will come off eventually. Anyway, does someone have any feedback on these countertops to keep them looking nice? One thing I can say is the only thing I can say. And I there's got to be some kind of a sealer on that you can put on there. Protective coating. Not that I'm aware of, not on, not on quartz. I mean, they're supposed to be bulletproof. They're man-made stone. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, we put them in all the time for, for different customers. And I have them at my house. And I've got to tell you, you know, I'll, I'll listen to the installers go, okay, just only clean this with soap and water, blah, blah, blah. I, I use Lysol, you know, with the bleach on it, on our kitchen countertops. And they're fine. Every, every mark comes off. Red wine doesn't matter it all comes off so i and we have like a light gray on one of ours yeah we have a dark gray and a light gray and on the light gray it cleans right up uh so i'm not really sure of anything that you can add to a quartz countertop so she's saying it does eventually clean up it just leaves marks and it's bugging her yeah i think so but i don't know if it actually eventually cleans up i mean she said people tell her that it does eventually clean um so i'm guessing she's just having real difficult time with keeping it clean well, okay. So he, I'm going to troubleshoot this one. Yep. Um, I don't know if she's tried this, but I would just give it a shot. This is the coffee maker. Everything else that she's moved, the appliances that she's putting on there mm-hmm. is marking the quartz, right? Mm-hmm. It's the black legs, mm-hmm. the snubbies. Mm-hmm. Go get the sticky felt circle things that you put on furniture and your chairs. Mm. Try okay. those. Yep. You know? Yep. The other thing, too, would work. Oh, I know it would work, too. But you know, when you have your computer, you get your mouse, you've got the little you got the phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right? mouse pad. Yep. You can get the foam pads mm-hmm. and you could put in its sponge. Yeah, it gets wet. You take it out. You wash it. Yep. You know, hmm. those would work. Yeah, that would work. Those would work really good. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we should come up with behind the stud mats. We could sell them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Reddit. Reddit. All right. We got one more. Yeah. All right. This is a tile question. All right. Tiling kitchen floor. Brand new here and have questions. I have exactly zero tiling experience and no business taking on this project, but no contractors seem to want to do a small job. So I'm going to attempt to retile my kitchen floor. Here's the question. It's currently tiled, just ugly, and the tile extends under all of the appliances and cabinets. So that was done correctly. Obviously, I'll be removing the appliances, but do you then just remove the tile up to the cabinet edges and place new tile butting up to it? Or do you remove the cabinets fully and the tile underneath them? 
seems like the former would be the most sense. Otherwise, you'd be removing countertop sink, etc. But I just have no idea and don't want to mess it up. I tried looking online and found conflicting info. Thanks. Mm, yeah, you're gonna get conflicting info on that. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So, I I have done it where you break the tile right at the cabinets. Perfect. It's well, not fun. No. Nope. But it can be done. It can be done. As a matter of fact, we got our countertops, and she decided she wanted to change the flooring on it. Oh, and okay. That's exactly what we had to do. Yeah. Crack the tile. Yep. Break it. Yep. Get it close, and then do what we had to do, and then. After that, I mean, um, you can add uh, the veneer, the faceplate on the bottom of the cabinet mm-hmm. to hide the crack in the grout or whatever you want yep. to do. If you, you know, yeah, get like a little piece of quarter round or or some sort of trim piece that you could put in there. Yeah, you know, and just and just make it go away. Yeah, crack um, in the tile. Hmm. I think you're better off going that route than trying to take out kitchen countertops and sinks and yeah, yeah, yeah everything yeah, else. Yeah. I mean, it's a, I mean, I don't know what you have for countertops, but they could be huge countertops. There could be a seam in them. Uh, if you tried to rip up, you know, you'll, 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 pop, the you'll seam. pop the seam. Yeah. So then you have to call somebody out to redo that. Um, so definitely go the other route. Um, you know, yeah, you're going to get conflicting you know, feedback on it, but it can be done. It has been done. There is no reason why it can't be done that I know of. Uh, somebody would have to educate me otherwise if it, if they say that you should not do it that way. Um, the only time I ever say to somebody you should really remove, you know, like a vanity in a bathroom, because if you decide in a few years you want to change your vanity yeah. and the tile doesn't go all the way under the current one, then you might then you're stuck trying to find something that's going to fit in the exact same spot, you know, that the old one was. So um, but definitely get some decent, uh, you know, tools, equipment. You're going to need a chisel. They make mason chisels uh, that are a little bit sturdier to cut tile with. You might even want to get a grinder. Well, the grinder is going to do it too. Yeah, the you grinder. Get, you can get a grinder does it, uh, with the small wheel. Yep. It can cut it. And you got to wear a dust mask. Oh, yeah. It's going to be messy. It's going to get dusty as hell. Yeah. It's going to leave a mess plastic for a little while. everything off. Yep. Yeah. Cutting tile without it, with when you, and if you like, if you're cutting tile and it's not getting wet, it's going to be dust. Right. And wear bio is it the P95 masks really get a good N95, mask. Yeah. 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 What is it? And N- yeah. N- yeah. N- There's the KN95. Yeah. So the N95. Those yeah. wear a good mask. And of all things, wear protective eyeglasses. Absolutely. You guys can that stuff chips. Don't do it. Yeah. Got chips gets in your eye and you're done. It's over. Oh, Game's yeah. over. Yeah. So good. So yeah. So for that individual, if uh if you do do the work, send us a picture. I'd like to see it. Yeah. Let's see how it came out. Yeah. Yeah. Send us back. Is there any more feedback you have? Let us know. We'll try to reiterate on it. Yeah. So there you go. That was our very first Reddit Reddit special. That was something. Yeah, it was kind of fun. Oh, my God. What an experience. Yeah. Yeah. We might have to do it again someday. I think we should. Okay. I know. Maybe in a couple weeks. Come on. Let's go listen to some more meatloaf. <laughs> I like that idea. Yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thanks very much for listening. I'm Colin. That's Jimmy. Behind the studs is the show. Tell all your friends. See ya! Bye.